You are listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. Well, today we're going to continue our series in Philippians. It was interesting in the first service, some things the Lord wants me to change a little bit. I'm going to do whatever he wants me to do. So I'm just going to tell you stories of my childhood. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what we're going to do. We're not going to do that. <laughs> we're a good childhood. Thanks, Dad. Um, we are deep into Philippians. I hope you're enjoying this. I've been really, I've been, it, it's timely that we're in this book because of what Paul's saying. It's been really challenging to me to compare what Paul is saying to what we're feeling in this world right now. You know, and there's so much chaos. I don't know if you noticed that. I don't know if you see all the crazy stuff that's going on right now. Our nation is celebrating things that I never thought we'd celebrate before. And I'm thinking about it through the lens of Christ. What would Paul say if he was here today? I think it would be the same message. Because I don't think the message gets old. I just think sometimes we get numb. And so today I pray that you hear this. It's a simple message. I'm not going to try to belabor this point because I think I did in the first service. But in this service, I want to just keep it simple what we're going to get to. We're going to land there. And I pray that many people in this room today will be transformed. It'll be a, re, a rewiring, a realigning of what you're called to do. Deep is going into this letter that Paul wrote to the church of Philippi. And here's the deal. Last week, my wife and I talked about complaining. And that was what Paul talked about, right? How many got the C this thrown at them this week? Anybody got the C thrown at them? Raise your hand. Just be honest. I think I had it Monday morning. I woke up. I was like, man, I'm congested. My wife literally hadn't even cr- cracked her eyes open, just went like this with, just threw her C up and put her hand back down to bed. And I was like, oh, that was totally disrespectful. You'll never preach with me again. <laughs> I was like, man, but how many know that it, it, our words carry weight, right? And so if it's a simple C that gets thrown up to you, uh, whatever that is to remind you that God gives you power. I I love what we sang today. There's power in what we declare. Like he's our champion, but he's given us the power to declare it. And that's what I want to do today. So Philippians three, if you have your Bibles, this is where we're at. We've been in there for the last three weeks. I'm going to read through this. I'll tell you the title of my message, and then we're going to try to dive into this and be transformed. Amen. First verse, chapter three, it says, finally, my brothers rejoice in the Lord, period. That's really all we need to preach about today, because how many know we need a lot of rejoicing in the world today? But he says this, to write the same things to you is no trouble to me, and it's safe for you. Paul is, in the last three verse chapters, all he's been talking about is rejoicing and joy, rejoicing and joy. It's a timely word for today. It doesn't bother him to keep saying that. Let me remind you, he's in prison. He's in solitary confinement. He doesn't care. It's a joy to him to read and talk about Jesus. Look out for the dogs. Who let the dogs out is what he says in my translation here. They're somewhere. Look out for the evildoers, horrible dad joke. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, thanks Paul, who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. There's Paul flexing on us all right there. He gives us some details. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews as to the law, a Pharisee as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, 
as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything at loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found, what? In him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his suffering, become like him in his death, that by any means possible I may obtain the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this, or am I already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if any one of you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have obtained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I've often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. Their glory is in their shame and their mind set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Lord, today we bless you and we thank you for your word. May your word go deep within our hearts and transform us. And may we be renewed by the power of your logos and rhema word today. In Jesus' name, would you shout amen? Amen. Today the title of the message is called... Your past is history. Turn to somebody next to you and say, your past, your past, your past is history. Your past, your past is history. I like, you, I like how you all repeat me. I love that. You're obedient. Your past, your past is history. Now, how many know that's a good word to say when you've done a lot of bad things? Well, let's talk about this a little bit. One thing I know about past is it seems to repeat itself. Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Have you ever heard that? Marcus Garvey says, A person or a people without the knowledge of their past history, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. I love, I love, I love fashion. I love sneakers. I, you know this. I, some of you go, yeah, you wear some weird things. But maybe I think you wear weird things when you wear khakis tucked in shirts and a pencil pouch, you know. I'm just saying, it's all in the eyes of the beholder. One day, I, I used to work in sales, and I used to have to wear that every day. And when I quit my job to go into full-time ministry, I threw away every khaki pants I have, never to be returned again. Although now I've started wearing cargo shorts, because not cargo shorts, but cargo pants. I digress. Nobody's listening. <laughs> Sorry, that was a ramble. I don't know what that was, Dad. I noticed that things repeat themselves. Do you ever notice that? Like in fashion, like right now, uh, I, my, my daughter came down the other day and she had these legs, these pants legs that actually ate her whole shoe. You know what I'm talking about? Those are called bell bottoms, right? And I was like, didn't we get over this? Now, when I was younger, any, anybody my age remember Jenko jeans? Any remember them? So, some of you got excited about that. 
and you had, the, you had the chain, right? You had the chain. Now, the thing about these pants were they were so big that you could trip on them. And the reason why you knew you had big pants that drug is because the back of your pants always got ripped up and always had about two inches of water when it rained. Remember that? Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about. But it's coming back now. My daughter was, I was like, why would you want to cover up your sneakers? That's the most important part of your outfit. <laughs> Couldn't even see your foot. But that's cool, right? It's back in. Am I right? Anybody help me, young people? I'm not wearing them. But the reality is, I did rip my pants. Mike probably thinks I'm weird. Anyway, the point is, is things come back around. History repeats itself. And sometimes we don't want that to happen because depending on how we view our past. But your past is history. Paul talks about this. But he says something different. He actually says this. He doesn't say that we should look at our past and learn from it and grow in it. And, and, but he says, actually, forget your past. Your history serves a purpose, but it should not be your platform. Let me say that again. Your history serves a purpose, but it cannot be, it should not be, your platform. Let's talk about this today because I want to break down Philippians 3 into three parts. Number one, the warning. Paul gives us a warning. Number two, what is our focus? And number three, how do we execute it? Does that sound good? I brought this whiteboard up here because I want to share with you something that Paul did in a minute. But before we do, let's talk about the warning. The warning, verse 2. Paul says this, look out for the dogs. Wow, Paul, okay. <laughs> what does that mean? We're just throwing people under the bus. Evildoers. Did you ever realize Paul didn't have any problems communicating what he really felt? Look out for the dogs. Maybe even pointed to them. Look out for those guys over there. Look out for evildoers and those who mutilate the flesh. What does that mean? Well, to really understand what he's talking about, let's keep reading. Verse 3 says, for we are the circumcision. Now, if you don't know what circumcision is, I don't want to talk about it today. Uh, somebody said, thank you. Just Google it later. I think many of us know what it is. But really, it wasn't so much about the act as it was a sign of a covenant. You were part of a people group. And I don't know how they knew about that, but I don't want to talk about it either. Let's just leave it alone here. But he says, we are the circumcision. And this is what he said. We are identified. How are we identified? By how we worship by the Spirit of God how we glory in Jesus Christ, and we have no confidence in the flesh. Let me say it this way. Worship, we're not religious or traditional or formulated. We glory in Jesus Christ. That means we only boast in him. He's our focus. He's our treasure. And no confidence in the flesh. There's nothing we can do on our own terms. What Paul is saying is, those of you that are circumcised better be circumcised for the right reasons. In fact, he even references the book of Romans. He writes a letter to the Roman church. Look what he says. For no one is a Jew who's merely one outward, nor is circumcision outward or physical. Wow, Paul, then why did I do it? <laughs> anyway, but a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit not by the letter his praise is not from man but from God what Paul is saying is is those of you that have been circumcised in the flesh and you're not changed in the heart all you've done is mutilated your flesh now that's a tough word right there you're like what the heck man I, I signed up for this operation <laughs> you're just mutilated Paul is being very blatantly descriptive in this because he wants you to understand that it's not about what you do in the outward, but it's about what is transformed in the inward. There were many people trying to emulate Christianity by doing things to obtain some kind of advantage. 
And Paul was speaking to these people. He said, you can't make it a religious thing or a traditional thing. It's got to be an inward thing. It's got to transform you. All you're doing then is just doing some operation that just hurts. There's no real conversion. And Paul indicates this as the idea of what he is warning us. But then he begins to focus on his credentials. Let's talk about the focus. The focus. Paul says some things here. I want to write them down. I want you to see it because it's important for you to understand what Paul's saying. And I know some of you might be in the back. You may not see it, but that's okay. I'm going to write it as big as I can so you can see it. He, he lists his credentials. Now, this is pretty arrogant, but Paul's doing it for a reason. He says this. He says, I am, what? Circumcised. Wow. Thanks for leading us with that. I am circumcised. Am I doing this right? See, oh, some of you are like helping me out. Thank you very much. I don't use this word a whole lot in my life. <laughs> he says this. Now, now, let me explain this because this is obviously something that is done as a ritual. But Paul says, I've done it. I checked it off. It's already done. It's taken care of. I did that. Then he says this. I'm an Israelite. And he even tells you the tribe that he's from. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. Check it off. This is a big deal. He's letting you know, I'm not just some average Israelite, but I know who I am. And he says this. This is pretty interesting. He says, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. That would be kind of like you saying, I'm a Christian of Christians. It didn't get any more Christian than me. And he says this. He says, of the law, of the law, you, know, you, you want to know if I'm, I'm part of the law? Man, I'm a Pharisee. I don't know if you know about that, but what that means is he was studied. He went through school. He understood the Torah, memorized it. He knew it. He was full of the law. And then he says this, and of zeal, oh, man, there ain't no more zealous than me because I'm an enforcer. Can you imagine working for the church and you're an enforcer? I don't know what position that is, but you're like, hey, Paul, go take care of so-and-so. I got that. He was taking care of it. He was the security, but he also was a persecutor. So he said, of, of, of zeal, there's no one else zealous like me. I'm zeal. I got the zeal. I'm an enforcer. And then he says this, of righteousness, look at this. He uses a big word. He says, I'm blameless. I'm blameless. In the, it's important you see this, the law. That's a pretty good resume. You see that? Paul could easily have said, for that reason alone, you should listen to what I'm saying. But Paul does something very interesting with this. He says this, all of this is considered, and he uses a word in the Greek, and the Greek is actually the word dung. Just so you know, I don't have this at home. I bought this just for this lesson here today. My kids are all excited. Why do you have the poop emoji? Don't worry about it. They want to use this when I come home. Now, why did I put this up there? Because I want you to see how crude he was talking. In fact, in the Greek, in the word we read, it said rubbish, but in the Greek, it's dung. It's actually refuge. It's excrement of an animal, of things worthless and detestable. That's how he describes all of his life. Now, why am I saying that? Because then Paul flips it and does something different. He does this. Let me put a line here. Again, this is his past. But this is his present. And in his present, this is what he says. 
My current aim is to know him. My current aim is to, oh, this is a good one, experience the power. Come on now. He wants to know him. He wants to experience. Now, this one's tough. To share in his suffering. To be like, I know some of you can't see this in the back. I'm sorry. I'm going to talk loud. Him in what? In his death. Come on now. And then he says this, to obtain. What is your goal? What do you, what do you want to obtain? I want to obtain, it says here, the resurrection from the dead. This is his aim. How in the world do you go from this to this? How do you go from a, an accomplished past, calling it dung, and saying, now I hope to know him, experience him, and share in his death and obtain the resurrection of the dead? Because something happened in the middle, and this is what I want to show to you, is he had an experience, come on, with Jesus. He experienced Jesus. He experienced Jesus, and that transformed his, from his past, and it transformed his future. See, what I'm saying to you is Paul is saying that all of this is worthless. Everything that I've done in the past is worthless compared to what my present-day hope is, is that I would be in him. I'll put it this way. Let me, let me, let me do it this way because we've been talking about this. This is Paul trying to be like God Sorry, let me rewrite this. Let me, uh, I just butchered everything. There you go. Why is such a big E? Anyway, be like God to be in. Come on now, Christ. That's the difference. The difference is, is that everything that he's done before was him trying to be like God, trying to earn a place, trying to gain his salvation, trying to gain the love of God, trying to gain people's respect. Now he's a servant in jail, writing a letter, having joy, experiencing uh, the joy of the Lord because he had an experience with Jesus on the road to Damascus that caused him to now become in Christ. The reality is many of us, we are so fixated on our past. So fixated on our past. Let me, let me do something on the other side here. I want to do this. I know it's hard to read it, but bear with me. I'm going to write big here. I'm going to write in black, and you're going to have a great time. Tell every, all your friends how amazing church was today. Your past. There's usually two ways that we look at our past, and we look at it with a lens towards our future. And usually we have two words. I'm going to write them real big on here so you can see them. We either think we were a success or a failure. Now, some of you even right now, you're thinking through your life. Now, some of you young, you're like, I don't even know what I can say. But either way, there's things that you either regret or you celebrate. Now, this is good news because if I was talking about all the failures in the room, what I just said, what Paul just said, you'd be celebrating. You know? If you did a lot of bad things, you're like, it means nothing. It's dung. Of course. But how many know it's harder to say that when you consider your life a success? When you look at your life and you see yourself accomplishing so much to actually consider that dung. To look at both of those things 
See, Paul's saying that many times we get so fixated on what we've done that we miss on the opportunity of being present in his presence. And I know I'm speaking to everyone in this room because every one of us is in some place in our life right now where we wish we could have done this better or wish I would have did this or I wish I would have went to school or if I could have only picked the right person if I did this. Whatever that is, God says it matters nothing. It matters nothing. Your past success, your past failures don't matter. Your failures don't define you. Listen to me. Just like your successes aren't your worth. I know some people are having a hard time right now because they're like, but I did a lot of good things. Big deal. Do you know that when you get to heaven, there will not be a highlight reel of all your successes shown to everybody in heaven? Did you know that? Some of you are waiting for that. Have you ever had this? I always had this idea, I'm going to get to heaven, there's going to be this big TV. I don't know why. And we're going to show all our sins. Anybody ever thought that? I don't know if that's a, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a Catholicism background. I don't know, like we're going to have to all sit through my bed. I'm sorry, I, this is before Jesus. Yeah, I didn't know that was lying. Like I got to apologize to everybody. But in the same aspect, I'm hoping they would put on my highlight reels, right? Like, well, show them what I did right, okay? That's not happening in heaven. You do realize heaven is not concerned with your highlight reel. You know what heaven is concerned with? That you're in Christ. That you experience the things that Paul experienced. Look at this. Let me put it back up here again. I want to I say it. Those of you in the back, you can't see it. I'm going to say it. It's to know him. What else? What else? It's to experience the power of his resurrection. Do you know that you can experience the power of his resurrection every day? It's not just an Easter thing. Come on now. You experience the power. Do you know that when he came out of the grave, there was a power that was released? It wasn't just, hey, Jesus just showed up. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm back, you know? No, literally when he did, the, the rock broke. The, the cave tore open. Jesus came out. This was, this was a release of a power that had not been on the earth previously. Oh, and then it just went up to another level when Acts 2 showed up and the Holy Spirit came. There is a power of his resurrection that is alive in us today. Then there's this part here, because you're all amen in that, but then the next part is the sharing his suffering. Yeah, you're crazy. You don't mean that. How many know that we're looking at our world right now, and I don't know about you, but I've actually thought about what could it be like if this was happening in this city? Could I suffer persecution? How many know that, listen, if you're not suffering persecution, you're probably not standing up for righteousness. So if we think, oh, I don't know if I can do this, you better get used to doing it now. I don't know if you see the climate of what's going on. But things are shifting very quickly. And if we don't start to promote Jesus over everything, I didn't get to pick the rules in the Bible. I didn't put them together. If you're mad at me, be mad at Christ. All I know is what he says goes for me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. These are the things that you will get persecuted for. But the reality is Paul says it's a pleasure. It's an honor. It's a joy. He says to be like him in his death. Oh, that means that not only physically we're going to die, but to die, what? Every day to those things in our life that have to die. I hope that you've been dying since the last three weeks. I hope that some of you died to things in your life. Like, I hope you're not still going, well, I, I'm, I, you know, I get angry. I'm just passionate. No, anger is a sin. Die to that. Oh, I'm addicted. I, you know, I don't drink a whole lot, but I needed to just chill out. No, no, no. Maybe, maybe that's an addiction. Sounds like one. <laughs> Come on now. And let's die to that. Let's not coddle that. 
Ooh, I'm preaching this one. I, I could tell. I don't know what happened here. Maybe it's the air conditioning. To obtain the resurrection from the dead. Paul is saying it's not your past that matters. It's not even your future that matters. It's your present relationship. We need to be living in the present. And I'm telling you, this is hard for your pastor because many times I'm either thinking about what I could have done or I'm thinking about what I'm going to do. And God says, be right now in me, in my presence. If you want to be in Christ, you have to be present. I don't know where you fall on this spectrum. Maybe you're like, oh, man, I'm thinking about all the things I did. Maybe you're thinking about all the things you're going to do. It doesn't matter to God. Your failures don't define you, nor do your successes equal your worth. So how do we avoid all of this? How do we look like this or not look like this, but hopefully look like this? It's the execution. Verse 9, Paul says, to be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. There's nothing you did. A righteousness from God that depends on faith. That's from being like Christ to being in Christ. Knowing God is so valuable. Do you know that when I'm like him, I live off my accomplishments? That's religion. But when I'm in Christ... I live off of my relationships and I actually live off of his accomplishments. See, let me say it again because some of you are still wondering how do I be like Christ and how do I be in Christ? It's like Christ is my accomplishments. In Christ is his. That's so much better. There's nothing I could do on my own. I can make a list. In fact, I'll make a list. I'll tell you what it is. I, I, I made a list of things that I would be excited about to share with you. I was raised in the church. That guy right there. I have a wife of 23 years. We met when we were young. Still love each other. Still find her extremely attractive, as you can tell, because we have 10 kids. She's still beautiful. Even pregnant. I mean, she's unbelievable. We started a church in our living room. Look around today. None of you were there. Just maybe a handful. Actually, you guys were there. Just a couple people. And uh, now we're at three services. And, and I mean, this, is, this church has clearly weathered the storms of life. Success. I got a house in Tennessee, used to live in New Jersey, rented, or had a little, little town home. Now I got a house, a bunch of kids living in there, got good health, great health. I mean, these are things that I can look at and go, they're my accomplishments. But you know what, though? When I really think about it, this church is not because I've done it. In fact, I have no formal training. None of this should be successful. You shouldn't even be here listening to me, but it's because of Christ. I'm not going to kid myself. There's not a Sunday that goes by that I think I'm prepared for this message, nor do I feel accomplished. I beg God every day, even before I get up here, please help me. <laughs> there's a dependency on him. Then there's this thing called these 10 kids. You know that when I grew up, I only had one brother. We had a small family. I don't know what it's like to have a big family. So there's nothing that I could do on my own. This is completely obedience. And then even moving to Tennessee, having a home, doing these things. My parents lived in the same home that I was raised in. I got no model. Took, took heaven and earth for them to move here. It was a big deal. <laughs> What I'm saying is, is every one of your accomplishments, whether they're good or bad, you can reason them and you can hold true to them and feel like, oh, or you can look in through the eyes of Jesus and say, none of this would be worth it. And none of this would have ever happened if it wasn't for Christ. For some of you, your marriage wouldn't even still be together, wouldn't even be together if it wasn't for Jesus. You think you did a good job or your counselor did a good job or whatever that is. Really, it's Jesus humbling you, healing you, 
his presence that marinated in your home that gave you peace when you didn't have it in your own heart. For some of us, we wonder how we got through 2020. Many of you begging the Lord, I don't think we're going to do it. Guess what? You made it through. Give yourself a hand. Some of you got COVID and thought, well, I'm going to die. You, you, contrary to popular belief, you made it through. What I'm trying to say is, is that many times we look at our future, with, we're scared, we're, we're afraid, we look at the past, we're ashamed, and God says, just be in the present. Paul says this in verse 13, he says, forgetting what lies behind. Be very careful of people that always lead with their accomplishments. People that always have to tell you how great they are, what they've done for the kingdom. Paul's not interested in that. In fact, he says, I could boast even more than you. You want to do a boasting match? Let's go. Let's flex. Let's do it. Say, I got you. I've done more than you have. And it's meaningless. Paul describes these people in verse 19. I want to leave you with this because I think it's important because many of us think, well, I'll never be there. But Paul describes this. He describes these that are ruled by their desires. And he says this. He says, their God is their belly. Their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. And what does it equal? It equals that they are enemies of the cross and their end is destruction. Now, I have a tendency to believe that Paul's talking to the unsaved, but then Paul mentions something. He says, with tears, I'm talking about these people. There was a compassion on his heart and leads me to believe that Paul was even seeing this come into the church. Now, I'm talking to the church of Tennessee, the buckle of the Bible belt, the place where we all go to church and we're all Christians. And I have a warning to us as the body of Christ that if we don't continue to stay in his presence and fix our eyes on him, that we could easily become like this. Let me explain to you what this means. The belly, what does that symbolize? Human appetite. What is the God, the authority? Whatever you want becomes your authority. He says the shame, what is that? Evil and disgraceful acts and the glory. We become praising and identifying with evil and disgraceful acts. Anybody seen that today? Then he says this earthly mindset. That means what consumes me is non-godly. So can that be Christians falling into it? Absolutely. Can the church fall into this? Yes. It's all how we focus on our past. If we take glory in what we've done, if we take shame in what we've done, we fix our eyes off of Jesus. Anytime we focus on what we've done, we take our eyes off of what he is. And that's what we have to do is remember Philippians 3. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do, what does he do? He forgets what lies behind and he strains forward to what lies ahead. And he does what? I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ. That's the execution. That's how we do it. What do we do? We forget and we strain forward. We reach out. God, I don't care what I've done. For some of us in this room, this is a good word because now you got to stop talking about all the things you've done wrong. But for some of you, this is a challenging word. you got to stop relying on all the things that you did right. Well, I had an experience with God. I had an encounter with God back when I was 20. And you're 47 now. Let's move on. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I, 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 I laugh, but it's true. Some of us, we're relying on the encounter we had many years ago. God says, I'm the same God right now. I want to encounter you now. I want you to have a road to Damascus moment. Your value and worth is set by how you experience Christ. Philippians 3, I'll leave you with this. Paul says this, knowing Christ Jesus, that I may know him. We must know him. I want you to know him. 
I don't want you to talk about him. I don't want you to say you go to his church, but I want you to know him in a way that when he says turn right, you turn right. When he says pause, you pause. When he says give, you give. I want to leave you with this story here. I had it this week. I wasn't going to share this. I feel like I have to because the Holy Spirit just gave it to my mind. But this week I, I sold one of our riding mowers. My dad gave it to me last year. Upgraded to a zero tone. Praise, praise the Lord. Zero turn. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That was a blessing. Hallelujah. And so I wanted to sell the, I wanted to sell it. You know, it was taken really good care of. And, and so I put it on Facebook. I've never done that before. That's a nightmare. Did you know that? Facebook trying to sell something. I, I mean, I felt like I just, people just wanted to talk. I don't know what it was. Are you interested in this or not? Just stop. My wife's like, another one, another one. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And I, and I was like, Lord, I, listen, I, I know it's just a lawnmower and, you know, whatever, but, but I, I, I wanted to do something, right? So somebody got a hold of my wife and said, my husband would like to call you. And I said, immediately, it's an older person. Who talks on the phone nowadays? my dad there you go I get on the phone I, I start talking to this man and he's an older man he lives in Clarksville he wants to come down and buy this thing and as I'm talking to him the Lord said I want you to cut the, the price in half give it to him for half and so I, I call him back I said listen this is weird I'm a pastor but I just we try to be obedient to the Lord and I'm told that I'm supposed to cut this in half and he's like what I was like that's not the response I thought it would be thank you I think immediately he's thinking this thing's broken. What's happening here? Something's going on, right? I'm like, this is a blessing, brother. Receive it, Jesus' name. So he comes over and he gets out and he has come to find out he is a wounded veteran. He was shot down. His plane was shot down. He's in war and he, his whole leg was shot off. He had to, he had to reconstruct. He was, in the, his, he was in the medical hospital for 18 months. He comes in, he hits his leg. It's, it's like tin, you know? He said, man, I was pushing a lawnmower. This is going to help me. A little. I said, man, I am. And the whole time I kept thinking about, like, you know, this is an encounter with God that I can miss because of money or whatever. And God silenced all the noise on Facebook for this one man. So before he left, I prayed for him. I thanked him for his service. And, of course, I believe that he's riding that thing, saving himself a lot of time. Why do I share that? Because I would have missed that if I wasn't in Christ. I think what I'm learning in my middle age is that it's more important how I live in the present than what I can figure out I can do in the future. Thank you so much for listening to Southview Church. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multicultural, multi-generational, Holy Spirit-filled and led community. We believe that who the sun sets free is truly free. If you would like to connect with us further, check us out at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.